The following is a fourth-hand production. Russia. Just the place a group of young hikers should set out alone during a winter storm. Who would think they would show up naked, mutilated, irradiated, and oh yeah, dead. This week join John and Brent as they delve into the Diet Love Pass incident. Be it man, military, alien, or yeti, they will get to the bottom of it on this week's Hysteria 51. Life is a mystery. Confusion is all around us. The truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Welcome to Hysteria 51. Come inside our secret hideaway as we talk conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. All viewed through sceptical eyes and the blurry lens of a beer bottle. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Hand and John Goforth. Welcome back in Hysteria Nation to the podcast that doesn't think we've been wiretapped by Barack Obama, but we kind of hope we were by Michelle. Hysteria 51, season two. Mm. Why is this season two? I don't know, other than the fact we picked an arbitrary number and came up with it. <laughs> 25 sounds good. 25 sounds great. I am your host, John Goforth. Back alongside is that voice you just heard, my co-captain on this trek, Mr. Brent, missing gallbladder hand. Brent, you have been missing from this show for a couple weeks now. Note he didn't say missed. I- ignore him. Anyway, you were out with a suspiciously sudden problem with your gallbladder. Now, now we understand uh, a few more days left untreated and you could have had some like, you know, serious complications, one of them being death. My pinchers were crossed. <laughs> so, uh conspiracy theory, believe it or not, conspiracy theories abound as to its cause. We've been deluged by literally tens of conspiracy <laughs> theories from fans up to and including it was the men in black uh, if you're thinking back to our men in black episode john podesta and the rest of that pizzagate crew we talked about uh your fill-in joe peck that's so he, the one i was kind of rooting for that's, <laughs> <laughs> or even your own creation conspiracy bot would you like to take a moment and set the record straight? I had no fucking clue that, uh, so I had a gallbladder attack and I've had gallstones for a long time and, uh, I had a really bad attack and usually you just write them out. And I was like, I, I was vomiting all this crazy shit. And I said, wife, take me to the hospital. So we went to the hospital and they said, do you, every time you ask her to do something, do you address her that wife, way? wife, 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 this. wife, make me papa. <laughs> <laughs> So we go in and they're like, yeah, hey, you know, you're having a gallbladder attack. Let's do an ultrasound. Yeah, you're full of gallstones. But you know what? It's nothing to worry about. But you about. know what? You're not pregnant. I'm not pregnant. Number one. Thank the good Lord above. Go home. And in a week, we're going to make an appointment with a surgeon. So I go home and I spend a couple days and I feel like utter shit. Well, a few days later, I'm sitting on the couch and I. I were, the, were those days that I was calling you a lazy bastard for not yes, getting shit done I was doing for nothing. this podcast? And I literally start shaking, not like cold shaking, like spasming. Well, I was like, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't, I don't fucking know. Something's wrong. And I'm shaking. And she goes to, she takes my temperature. It's like 103. She's like, we got to go to the hospital. He's running hot. Yeah. So I go in, they take my blood pressure and my blood pressure is 213 over 198. 
Which normally, I mean, he's only at like 205 <laughs> over 170. And uh, my butt, my temperature had went up. Long story short. That's a blood pressure joke for those of you <laughs> who aren't familiar with what normals are. Well, like yeah. Normally 120 over 80. Yeah, right? I was like, yeah, when I got out, I was like 130 over 72 or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So uh, they take me in. I didn't know this was possible in that week, supposedly. My gallbladder died, turned gangrenous, ruptured, and dumped all the bile and shit into my body. And I was literally that, that like convulsing and shit was sepsis and I was dying. So they had to do emergency surgery. So when you say, or make the joke, I should say that you're dying on the inside. I was you probably literally s- right. dying on the inside. Good, good. <laughs> Conspiracy bot obviously was rooting for the latter. Yeah. Um, here's the question. Of all the conspiracy theories as to how it happened, do you have one that you're leaning towards? Um, it's either Joe Peck or poor life choices. I'm, uh, I'm not really knowing. I, it's, it's, it's probably, you know, my... My takeout pizza addiction that is a. Uh, I feel like you're ignoring the 800 pound elephant in the room. He's or, only 600 or sh- pounds. Or and- should I say, <laughs> or should I say the, the 250 pound robot in yeah, the room? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like he had nothing to do with that shit. That's just delusions of grandeur. So you heard last week's episode. Yeah, no, he's full of shit. <laughs> that dude was emailing me every day, making sure I was coming back to this motherfucker. Eat my ass. So <laughs> and the implication being that the show wasn't as good without you. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, listen, we're glad to have you back. And that makes mechanical voice you hear is the robot we've been talking about the robot close to all of our hearts but probably because he has a syringe full of poison conspiracy bot now see bot you're already being rude to brent in his first few scant minutes back but i remember a few times over the course of his absence you mentioning how you missed him something doesn't jive there everything is relative go forth do i hate brent yes however i hate him less than most of the rest of you at least he knows the basics on xyz when he was gone i felt like a preschool teacher a preschool teacher that wanted to poison his students but a preschool teacher nonetheless brent i I think now that you're back it's time to do some upgrading or reprogramming to this dude i mean maybe for next week you can turn down the animosity and the homicidal tendency levels that could allow maybe more of his inherent personality to shine through i mean you did design him to be more than just an asshole yeah the the whole homicide and snark is a little high for my taste so i think we're gonna do a little reprogramming he's He's probably not going to like it, but uh, we're going to turn down that snark. No. We're going to turn down that homicide. No. And uh, we're going to try to get him to be an actual productive member of this show. No. (laughs) Well, yes. You you mean where he actually contributes more than threats and sarcasm? Yeah. Or or, or 80s (laughs) hairband music drop-ins, which I'm going to turn up. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, sir. All right. So uh, before we get into anything else, let's talk what we're drinking. You say it's a lexicon of libations. We call it a bulletin of booze. Either way, we're all getting pissed. Here's this week's Spirit Selections. John, guess what? I'm not drinking Bud Light tonight. I I was kind of hoping you would be like, fuck it, I'm a trooper. (laughs) Two reasons. Number one, I got back and all my goddamn Bud Light's gone. Damn straight. (laughs) 
<laughs> number two. Well, uh, uh, this isn't much of a conspiracy. If you listen to the last yeah, two weeks, oh, you'll, you'll know why. He plowed through it. Uh, number two, I am on so many antibiotics I can't drink right now. So I have a Diet Mountain Dew in front of me, which is my go-to usually. And I haven't really been drinking any for the last few weeks. I've been only drinking water for the most part. So... This is a rare treat. I was looking uh, Diet Mountain Dew up, and on Wikipedia, uh, under history, its uh, its nickname used to be Gallbladder Killer. <laughs> little little known fact. That would make a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> I drink this shit like the antidotes in it. Listeners, I am not kidding when I tell you that he ordered a pallet of it once. <laughs> a fucking pallet. <laughs> well, Amazon had it on sale. <laughs> I wish that was a joke, but I literally did do that. <laughs> This evening, however, I am consuming alcohol. I am drinking straight from 7-Eleven, mind you. Straight from 7-Eleven. Well, (laughs) the mixer is. uh, So vodka, I think I've done this before, actually, mixed with Monster Rehab. If you're not familiar Mm -hmm. with Monster Rehab, it's a wonderful drink, normally for the day after you consumed alcohol. But I'm I'm an overachiever. And it's Tito's Vodka, which you turned me on to. And if you notice, I bought a handle out there and it's already halfway gone. (laughs) (laughs) Note to listeners, that was before I arrived, not after. Yeah, that's right. That is right. (laughs) All right. Seabot, what are you sipping on? Diet Love Mule, vodka, ginger beer, lime juice. It actually sounds like a regular old Moscow mule. I'm I'm kind of proud of you, dude. I mean, yeah, you even have it in the cup. Yep. Garnished with a frozen tongue. There it is. There it is. (laughs) Knew there'd be uh, an unfortunate spin to it. Speaking of frozen tongues, our topic tonight is the Dietlov Pass. I I, I I like Dietlov Pass. I throw that little American slang on it. I'm not going to be able to say the Russian. I'm not going to be able to say any of the names in this. So, oh, and I'm only giving you about a thirty percent chance. I even just said it right there. But Dietlov in every video and everything you watch, people pronounce them all. If you've got nine consonants in a row, fuck you. I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> Though I am disappointed that uh, there were no backwards P's in that this one. That is true. That it is. It is saddening. But we're going to work with it. Right, we'll work through it. So it is a mysterious incident involving dead Russian hikers, missing frozen tongues, which we might know where that went, <laughs> and maybe even aliens? Question mark. But first, the return of hysteria hype. Each week, we delve into our weird headspace, open up the drawer marked Freaky sh**, and pull out a mysterious morsel you just have to try. It's time for Hysteria Hype. Brent, you're back and better than ever, so what better chance for me to take the microphone <laughs> and do Hysteria Hype for us? Yeah! All right, Brent, um, I'm going to do Hysteria Hype on a new TV show that I've only watched half of. It's uh, a Netflix show. It's called Iron Fist. Oh, hey, I'm two episodes in. I didn't know you're watching. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm halfway through, and this will probably be my first negative hysteria hype. I'm, 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 I'm scared I'm running that way too. Yeah, I, okay, so if you're not familiar, Iron Fist is one of the defenders. Uh, in the Marvel Universe, the the group of superheroes called the Defenders. The first show they came out with that featured a defender was Daredevil, followed by Jessica Jones, followed by Luke Cage. And now we have Iron Fist. The first episode, after the first episode of Iron Fist, I was excited. The guy they cast is Danny Rand, uh, aka Iron Fist. Uh, Finn Jones, I thought looks natural doing the martial arts. I didn't feel like they tried to find a, a, a someone they wanted to be a good actor and then kind of make him backwards compatible into, yeah. <laughs> into being able to do martial arts. So I thought they did a good job there. My problem with it is now – Admittedly, listeners, I am only halfway through the season, so it could turn around. 
think about Stranger Things. The first couple of episodes of Stranger Things were kind of slow. I told you I was going to stop watching and then right. it became like fantastic. Like awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So I could be completely wrong. But um, so far, it's following what I think the path of both Jessica Jones and Luke Cage was. And that is just kind of fucking boring. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's not that they're doing a disservice to the stories necessarily. It's not that they're not following canon necessarily. It's more just that I'm bored. And he also seems kind of like a little bitch. He's always getting beaten up and taken out and doing this and that. And uh, granted, this came out. Yet two days ago, but he can't center his chi yet no, because he's had too many drugs and all this and that. And then Haven't we all? Maybe I've had. Maybe I've watched more than two. I've already seen where he gets his powers back and you know busts out of the the shit. So I don't know. I, I'm Spoiler just not, alert. Yeah, I'm not enjoying it. Like I hated Jessica Jones. Luke Cage had its moments. Daredevil one and two were awesome. Awesome. And you know what? I could have watched punisher the punisher made season two like i think the punisher would have been a great show too well they're making um, it aren't they yeah yeah it's in talks and i i believe they will but um it's just one of those things where i'm our favorite our favorite walker from the walking dead the punisher uh yeah, john yeah. uh berenthal berenthal, berenthal yeah yeah. Said, yeah so uh this isn't going to be a long review in conclusion uh five episodes in i'm not a big believer but i am going to go ahead and watch the last five because it's marvel and i love the universe um and i am looking forward to the defender show oh, I'm, oh, I'm eight don't search it up there's 13 episodes oh are there 13 yeah, yeah. And, so you're in you're in for the long haul <laughs> um i am looking forward to the defender show i oftentimes i find like example thor the first two Thor movies, I didn't enjoy all that much. But he's great. He's great in an ensemble. But he's great in the in – the, exactly. So I'm hoping the ensemble show, whenever that does come out, will be worth all of this agony. So in conclusion, I give Iron Fist two and a half bowls of half-stale popcorn. The kind of, the, the kind of popcorn you get at a bar for free. That's, uh, that's the popcorn mm, I'm talking about. Mm. You know what? As long as they got salt sitting out, that's – I'm okay with that. Says the guy who just got out of the hospital with a 230 <laughs> blood pressure. But other than that. That's because I was dying, motherfucker. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Conspiracy bot is funny and homicidal at the same time. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't adjust him at all. <laughs> all right, Brent. All right. We are talking the Diet Love Pass incident. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, John, uh, let's get into it. Give me a little Reader's Digest breakdown on the the Dietlov, Dietlov, whatever you want to call it, pass incident. The Dietlov pass. <laughs> that doesn't matter. It's perfect. The Dietlov pass. That sounded like a Scottish man trying to do a Russian. Are you? Do you smell burnt almonds? <laughs> like, like, you don't taste pennies, do you? Do I'm going to I'm give you a pass on, <laughs> on using that joke because we just used it last week because you weren't here. Well, oh, did you really? <laughs> Maybe it's in my subconscious. I, I, <laughs> I accused Moens of feeling his own mother's breasts. <laughs> And he, as you do, and he agreed with me. <laughs> and and then about about it felt like an eternity yeah. later. He said, well, "But wait, wait, wait a second. Wait, wait, no, no, no." And I'm like, "Dude, do you do you smell burnt almonds?" <laughs> anyway, the Dietloff Pass incident refers to the mysterious unsolved deaths of nine hikers in the northern Ural Mountains on February second, nineteen fifty nine. Obviously, we don't know for. Certain they died on that exact date, but we have a... It's a guesstimate. It's a guesstimate. The experienced trekking group, who were all from the Ural Polytechnical Institute, 
had established a camp on the slopes of- I bet that was a raging fucking campus back then. <laughs> <laughs> Polytech! Polytech! <laughs> were they, but they, they, were, they were actually the nerdier one. Get those nerds! Nerd! Nerd! <laughs> Though, actually, I don't know that that's probably the right stereotype. I'm more imagining, like, on pretty much half of the current campus of, like, UC Berkeley right now. They don't shower all that much. Yeah, these are like pre-hipsters. Yes, they love hanging out in the woods these for no like fucking reason. These are like hipster grandpas. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so they had established um, a camp on the slopes of <laughs> Kolat Siaki. And I fucked that up. I guarantee it. But let's just move on. Here's the cool part. That is the local name. Uh, the the, the Monzi people. The Monzi people call it that. And What's it trans- mean? What's it mean, John? <laughs> if you translate it from Monzi. To Russian, to English, it means dead mountain. Of course it does. It it never means like, you know, hand job city or anything like that. (laughs) Nothing fun ever like, oh, where'd you die at? Uh, Titty Springs. (laughs) Uh, So so the best part is that they that's where they died, but they were actually on their way to a, a larger mountain called Oderton. Uh, and I'm probably fucking that up too. And that one means don't go there. <laughs> mm, don't go there, girl. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, they, they they decided to go out on a on a fun skiing yeah. uh, cross country hike across. We're gonna go across dead dead, dead mountain. mountain. To don't go there. Okay. First, I'll access a secret military spy satellite that's in a geosynchronous orbit over the Midwest. Then, I'll ID the limo by the vanity plate Mr. Big and get his approximate position. Then, I'll reposition the transmitter dish in the remote truck to 17.32 degrees east. Hit West Star 4 over the Atlantic, bounce the signal down into the Azores, up the Comptat 6, beam it back to SATCOM through transmitter number 137, and down to the dish in the back of Mr. Big's limo. It's almost too easy. <laughs> so obviously it was a really really good idea anyway they established that camp on dead mountain and disaster struck during the night something made them tear out of their tents slash cut their tents open from the inside and flee the campsite inadequately dressed in heavy snowfall and sub-zero temperatures soviet investigators determined that six of the victims died from hypothermia while others showed signs of physical trauma one victim had a fractured skull while another had brain damage but without any signs of distress to their skull additionally a female team member had her tongue missing that just makes sense like shut the fuck up sally Oh, feminist power. I don't know. Is that, is, that what you, is that what you kept telling your wife while you were in the hospital? <laughs> don't don't make me give you the old diet loft pass. <laughs> well, um, we actually can't say the tongue was missing because apparently Conspiracy Bot found it. Yeah, um, though we're not sure he doesn't have time travel capabilities. Who knows? <laughs> or or that's not the, the tongue of the woman Which is on almost the mountain more the distressing 50s. in yeah. and of itself. Like, I can get your toe. Believe me. There are ways, dude. You don't want to know about it, believe me. Yeah, but Walter... Hell, I can get you towed by 3 o'clock this afternoon with nail polish. (laughs) I I feel like that's a lot more likely. (laughs) The investigation concluded that an unknown compelling force, that's in quotes, had caused the deaths. I love that. Unknown compelling force. That's literally cause of death. (laughs) 
Access to the region was consequently closed to amateur hikers and expeditions for three years after the incident. Uh, the area is actually named the Dietloff Pass in honor of the group's leader, Igor Dietlov. As the chronology of the events remain uncertain due to the lack of survivors, several explanations have been put forward as to the cause. They include an animal attack, hypothermia, an avalanche, infrasound-induced panic, military involvement, the supernatural, aliens, or a combination thereof. So, like any good story, the military was causing their yetis to make infrasound, which brought in the alien ghosts and killed the hikers, I think is... We're pretty much it done might, with this episode. It might as well be a grim fairy tale. <laughs> it's it's something, though. Brent, uh, Brent, let's dive in a little deeper. Give us the history yeah. and maybe even mystery. 1959, which that's one of those weird years. The 50s, it's... You're not in the, that swing of the, you're, you're, you're out of the World War II humdrum. You're not into the, the sixties free love mo- movement. 59 is just an odd time. Kind of like, like 1989. You know, you're, you're still in the eighties, but at the same time, who framed Roger Rabbit came out, <laughs> which felt much more like a nineties thing than an eighties mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I completely get it. Yeah. The group was formed for a ski trek across the Northern Urals. It's, it's the fucking mountain range that I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Most of them are students or graduates, as we said, from that poly, the Ural Polytechnical Institute. It's now the Ural Federal University. You know, any university is a great fucking place to go when the federal is in the name, you know, like, uh, Oh yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, it was actually, it's an offspring of Trump University. <laughs> <laughs> or better yet, is Trump University an offspring? <laughs> Federal <laughs> University. It's where the funding came from. So these these cats' goal was to reach Oderton, a mountain at 6.2 miles. Oderton, better known as Don't Go yep, There. Don't Go There, a mountain 6.2 miles north of the site of the incident. So they were only like six. It's not that they were going a long distance. They were going a harsh distance. You know, it, it was cold. A lot of treacherous, like a bar crawl in January in <laughs> Chicago. Exactly. You got your group, but you know you're not all going to make it back <laughs> um, for various reasons. So the route in February was established as category three, the most difficult. But all the members are experienced in long ski tours and mountain expeditions. Meaning these cats were like, yeah, no big deal. They got it. Experience being a relative term, they're all in their like early twenties. But that's isn't that the best time to be? I mean, that's when your body's in its most peak form. Like if you got to when you well, are, you knew me in my early 20s, I, I don't know that that would be an argument. You uh, make. John is in his peak form. Mm, look at those dreadlocks. <laughs> For the record, I did not have dreadlocks, but he did have frosted tips. So, well, that's accurate. <laughs> so they started their trek towards Oderton from Vizhai, V-I-Z-H-A-I, however the fuck a Russian wants to pronounce that on January 27th. The next day, one of the members, we're going to call him Lucky Bastard, uh, Yuri Yudin, was forced the to The easiest go back. name yeah, of this the group only to name, say. One of the only names other than Dietlov that you're going to hear us say because it's easy to pronounce. Yuri Yudin, like we said, Lucky Prick, was forced to go back. Yeah, due not to illness, but to he had knee and back problems. Like who's 22 years old and has knee and back problems? <laughs> um and and you know, initially he wasn't sure and then the cold really got to him and get this, his sciatica 
uh, acted up. Well, because he'd been working in the Russian mine since age nine. That's true. Because so, <laughs> he was one of the chosen ones. He had the body of a 40-year-old and the lungs of an 80-year-old. Yeah. Oh, gulag, they called him. <laughs> <laughs> so they they were to send a telegram as soon as they made the trip successfully. So they're going to make this trip, send a telegram to their people saying, hey, we made it back. They were expected to be there by February 12th, but Dyatlov, as any good leader, was like, hey, there's no way we're going to make it by then. Let's give us a few extra days. Yeah, so, he told he told Yuri that before Yuri turned back. Yeah, he's like, hey, man, like, it's going to be 16th, 17th, 18th. Like, we're in for a fucking treat here. <laughs> so it's not until February 20th has came and went. The relatives of the travelers are like, what the fuck is going on? So they finally get people sent out. As rescue groups, because like I said, the family's like, where the fuck is everyone? It's February 20th. It was just volunteers and teachers. They start looking. They find nothing. So you do what any good group does. You call in the fucking army. So the army comes. They start looking. It, they got planes, in, helicopters. In late 50s Russia, do you call in the army or do they call themselves in? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, that it, is true. That's my fucking jam. Oh, so they come in, and February 26th, searchers found the groups of... Don't you think that could have also been the Russian March music? <laughs> I'm just saying. One was probably based off the other. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, February 26th, researchers find the group's abandoned and badly damaged tent. And then things start not making fucking sense. The campsite baffled these motherfuckers. They, the, the researchers, the army, they all looked at this and go, what the fuck's going on? The tent was torn down and, and, and covered in snow, empty, and all the group's belongings and shoes, shoes were still inside. Well, those are, those are negotiable in sub-zero temperatures. I mean, hey, you know, you do what you got to do. Investigators said the tent had been cut open from the inside. They didn't even unzip that motherfucker. Ah, cut it. Yeah. Uh, read a little bit about this one of the potential reasons for cutting it open uh, if you had to leave something fairly quickly like not instantaneously but fairly quickly they didn't have zippers on these tents they were buttoned they were buttoned oh, shut wow. so uh 1959 pre-zipper have you ever uh, it's akin to this you ever been at a bar it's a little later in the evening where the fuck is the story going you've been talking to people laughing having a good time had a few different adult beverages and you really got to take a leak so you run into the restroom to take said leak and oh no you got your button flies on <laughs> Well, it is 1992, so I'm with you. I am with you. So you have to individually undo every button before you can finally let go of... It's best just to cut these pants off, baby. <laughs> Pull out that knife and cut from the inside? Well, I don't know if that part fits, but the same thing. Like, Gofo, you are an idiot. The tent, it's buttoned up. It's going to yeah, take so forever to unbutton. If you need to get out in a, in a, in a hurry, you're going to cut that motherfucker. Correct. Eight or nine sets of footprints left by people who were wearing only socks. What? Now, I, I lied to you a little bit. I said all their shoes. One single shoe was on. So someone in the back was like, I'm going to try to. I, uh, fuck, I got to go. Like, <laughs> barefoot, some in socks, one single shoe. They all burst out of the tent and they had, can see these footprints in the, in the snow leading down towards the edge of a nearby woods on the opposite side of the pass. Okay. So they took off running. And at the edge of that woods is a big cedar tree, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's where the, they found at that tree remains of a visible small fire along with the first two bodies. The investigators find the first two of nine. Yes. So they're shoeless, dressed only in their underwear. And that's important because in Fahrenheit, it's negative 13 to negative 22 degrees at that time. And when you get into Celsius and Fahrenheit and the negatives, they kind of start overlapping. So they're pretty close to one another. Yep. It's cold. It's cold as balls. It's not Chicago colder than Mars cold. (laughs) (laughs) But it is cold. Colder than a witch's tit. There you go. So the branch on the trees were broken up to five meters high, meaning that one of those motherfuckers climbed the tree half naked, no shoes on, to A, either be snapping twigs for a fire, or B, presumably looking for the other campers or their their camp they were disoriented for some reason they climbed the fucking tree or like in scooby-doo where scooby and shaggy are really scared they just scamper up the tree (laughs) and it makes that like when they're running that that was also a possibility but man i you ever climbed a tree before in your normal clothes that you'd be wearing during the spring summer it's painful to climb a tree right you Mm. get all these limbs and sticks poking you yep uh can you imagine doing it half naked when it's negative 22 degrees out i can (laughs) (laughs) gross that one night (laughs) so between the cedar and the camp researchers found three more corpses who had seemed to be returning to the tent so maybe they'd went to that and like well this isn't fucking working we're gonna come back oh nope gonna die right here so in part of the official report they say the bodies were posed as if they were returning to the camp i don't really uh this is where you get into hmm Russians, were they were they telling the truth or were they making things sound good? Yeah, I, I, don't, know. That, I don't know. What, I guess it's the direction that they, they fell or the directions that they could see the the footprints moving in. They were trying to move back. Maybe that's why one of them, had, you know, two of them died at the campsite, not campsite, but campfire site. And the rest maybe tried to to make their way back. Uh, okay. Who fucking knows? Maybe, maybe or maybe what we need on this show is a half Indian tracker. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't take anything out of our tent, did you? (laughs) I I agree 100%. That would have been a long, long trip from North America to uh, the Europe. I mean, that's near Siberia. (laughs) Yeah, better bring your wigwam. (laughs) So, So we're at five. We're at five. We got five bodies. There's four more. It takes two months. You to sound find like you're these. collecting Pokemon hey, over here. Gotta catch them all, dead Russians. <laughs> 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 they were finally found on May 4th under four meters. So that's like 12 feet of snow in a ravine 75 meters further into the woods from the, the cedar tree. So it's all a pretty close area, right? Like, we're not talking miles and miles and miles and miles. So we got five bodies that are dispersed between the tent and the – not the The, ravine, I'm sorry. The edge of the the And they all died because they're fucking cold, exposure, hypothermia, they're dead. We think. Then we get to these motherfuckers, these four. The last Man, ones they're to die dead. You don't have to call them motherfuckers. The last ones to die, and this is actually smart, had taken the clothes, the little clothes that the other group had had. So they had been with the others when the others had died, and they're like, Well, this guy's dead, might as well. It's like when you kill someone in World of Warcraft, oh I got a fucking tunic or I got a fucking new pair of pants. Like literally that's smart. They were bundled in other people's clothing. Or they were just having some fun. Ooh, then, fun. I'll be the mummy. 
<laughs> I mean, it's possible. Oh, that is true. But important to point out that while we are in no way, shape or form saying that there's no conspiracy here or and we'll get into the possibilities of what might happen to these people. One of the conspiracy theories is those first two bodies found with next to no clothing. What happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. The rest of the people were fucking cold. Yeah, we just said it. They took their fucking shit. Right. Guess what? If they were fucking a rugby or a soccer team, I'd have ate them. You know, like, <laughs> like, if enough time had gone by. Come on, let's not, let's not be fucking idiots here. You know, like we're we're hunter gatherers. Guess what? I gathered some clothes off of yeah, a I'm dead body. I'm not saying Bigfoot didn't kill them, but but first they would have tried to get warmer. Yeah, there was a few things found there too. A camera was found, but it was water damaged. It was one of the few things the camper who didn't die said wasn't part of the group's belongings. So Yuri said, here's all the shit we had with us. Um, It actually had a manifest, uh, you know, before they went. Who did they file that with somebody? Is that every fucking thing does better? You, you will file with us. It's actually you in order to be able to, to hike in, in in 1950s Russia, you have to file manifests and grievances with the the gulag (laughs) and the whoever. I don't know. Only if you want to go to places called Don't Go There and Dead Mountain. Yeah, which actually hey, are the, listen, guys, the uh, nicest <laughs> names. Like, it's right next to We Kill You Saturday and, uh, <laughs> like, oops, your family's going to miss you. So, <laughs> where is Happy Fun Time Mountain? That's the one that I want to set out for. Yeah, no shit. So, but that's, in, that's really interesting. Other things that a pair of skis and some binoculars people are talking about too that were just weren't part of the, the, so Yuri, yeah, Yuri took a look at all the one thing, although there was that one camera that had damaged film, what we do have of their account of the entire journey right up until they were dead is, um, journals mm-hmm. and other cameras that did have some pictures. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Yuri taking all of that into account along with what was actually found at the campsite said, listen, it all seems normal, except for there's a pair of skis there that we did not have with us. Yeah. There's, Someone's fucking been here, is what right. he said. And there's a pair of binoculars that we did not have yeah. with us. So you guys aren't the first fucking people on but this scene. Remember how we said earlier that some other folks had gone searching first? Yeah. Couldn't find anything. And then they sent in the army or the army yeah. sent itself in. Could this be an example of Oak Island where you're finding shit just from earlier searchers? Yeah, but who wouldn't have fucking turned them in? You know what? This is getting strange. Let's go to break. We come back. We're going to talk about how it turns strange. How's that sound? Even more strange. Uh Uh-oh. We'll be right back with more Hysteria 51. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I that, I, I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and yeah. 
if you don't get the pronunciation right, you you say it until you do, and then you know that that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why you know this has been trusted by experts for thirty years, and there's over twenty five different languages that you can learn, and people millions and millions of users use it because, like you said, it does seep in, and you're using it with you know you get speech recognition, and mm-hmm. it it hears you. You get to use like the built in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally though, this is something that we use and we have, both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long-term and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know, and we don't, yeah. we don't do long-term um, stuff like this. And this is, this is the one that we've chosen and we love it. So all you guys got to do, don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times. And it's always now, right now, get now. started for Larry limited time. His Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50% visit Rosetta Stone. Dot com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off. RosettaStone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. All right, we're back in with Hysteria 51. I hope you all powdered your noses and uh, took that time to... And also write. enjoyed our intermission music. We yeah. were, worked really hard at finding that online and stealing it. That's exactly right. <laughs> so not to steal from another show, but I think this is the best way to do it. If you ever watch the 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 YouTube channel or listen to the podcast, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, uh, one of my favorite lines is, this is where it gets weird. 
<laughs> they always say that. They they always tell you the story. Then this is where it gets weird. Well, in this story, this is where it gets weird. <laughs> yes, like like children in a playground. Weird. Weird. Yeah, that weird. <laughs> a legal inquest started immediately after finding the five bodies. As I hope any family would want to do. Medical examination found no injuries, which might have led to their deaths, and it was eventually concluded they all died of hypothermia. Makes fucking sense. Those first five bodies, they're strewn out in a fucking cold area. They got little to no clothes on. Uh, one of them had a small crack in his skull, but it was not enough to be a fatal wound. Probably, I'm going to go out on a limb here, say fell out of that goddamn tree. <laughs> like, like, you know what? Hey, hey, Johnny. Or um, he's Russian, so... I will uh, climb tree. Hey, Yuri. Not Yuri. Yuri lived. Yeah, Igor. Whoever no, there, fucking, was, there were other Yuris on the trip. That's there were three it's, fucking Yuris yeah, on this trip. Yeah, so one of those cocksuckers probably fell out of a tree. If not, fell down. Who knows? Um, you know, if you're running for your life in the middle of the winter, you know, you're probably prone to falling down a little bit. Those were those five. Now we're going to get in the others. The, the last four. One had major skull damage and two of the other bodies had major chest fractures. Okay. According to Dr. Boris Vazraz Hasdini, maybe, I don't know if that's how you say uh, it. You know, it wasn't, it, it, it doesn't seem Vazraz like Hasdini. that was far off. Yeah. I would have preferred it with an accent though. <laughs> oh, it's a Boris. <laughs> Wait, you didn't say what accent? I didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's fucking Dr. Boris. Hey. <laughs> The force required to cause such damage. The force, the force awakens. Yes. Da the force required to cause such damage would have been extremely high comparing it to the force of a car crash. Meaning these guys didn't fall down and bump themselves and go, oh, I got a, I broke a rib. These guys were crushed. It's a start. That's not a nice conspiracy, but. Okay. So the notably, the bodies had no external wounds. So normally when you get crushed by, you know, say a car. It, it tends to leave lacerations. There were no external wounds related to the bone fractures as if they'd been subject to high levels of pressure. I'd said they were the other four. These were the four that were in that ravine under 12. So there's a ravine snow. not too far. Not away. a ravine like they fell in and caused these like a small, you know, little mm -hmm. ravine. A culvert, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but they were in this ravine and they weren't found till. Uh, a couple months later, yeah, because they had so much snow on top of them, twelve feet. So when they finally got the bodies out, they dug them out, and then they brought them back to wherever. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Boris did this uh, yeah. aut autopsy yeah. and found these results. So he said that the level of fractures and things that were in their bodies. The only thing he could think of, it looked like shockwave from like an explosion. You know how people die from. Grenades, not because the, the, they don't get trapped. No, the blast a lot of times will kill you. So, however, major external injuries were found on one of the girls. She was, as we've said earlier, missing her tongue, her eyes, part of her lips, as well as facial tissue and a fragment of skull bone all gone. She also had extensive skin lacerations on her hands. So we mentioned before, much like a Chicago bar crawl, who hasn't had that happen after a Chicago bar <laughs> Where, crawl? Where's Cindy? <laughs> oh, Cindy. <laughs> you stayed at the Red Lion a little too long. So immediately people are like, fuck it. It's the indigenous people. Every fucking story we do, you blame the fucking indigenous people. 
no conspiracy <laughs> bot. <laughs> These are the Mansies. They're, yeah, they're, they're essentially the they're essentially they're what, reindeer, Eskimos. They're reindeer herders. Yeah, they yeah, literally they're, they're like Russian Eskimos. They, they follow the reindeer. If that wasn't a thing yeah. before, it is now. Yeah, they think that the Mansi people attacked and murdered the group for encroaching on their lands, but an investigation indicated that the nature of their deaths did not support that at all. The hikers' footprints. And were for the alone. record, the Mansi people did call it dead fucking mountain. Yeah. You should have listened. There was no other footprints, so there's no other one else there killing him. And also, for the record, the Manzi people were part of the initial uh, group of people that like to, volunteered to, to go yeah. uh, hey, find we'll, them. We'll go help. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the uh, it's, it's like the uh, the guilty husband who killed yeah. the wife. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Let's. We should definitely look back here. Yeah, don't don't look in the basement. I already checked down there. Let's look. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god look at that a body who would have who would have thought of <laughs> the last place you look <laughs> so I we've joke. been all over this fucking story let's rein it in in summation did you know you can get all your favorite fall drinks delivered right to your door well you can with drizzly the number one app for alcohol delivery Compare prices across your local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. Right now, Drizzly is giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code FALL5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. Hello, everyone. I'm Danny Pellegrino. I'm Jenna Brister. And we are back for season two of a very merry, iconic podcast. We're going to be diving into your favorite holiday movies, recapping them and going on a few tangents. Yes. And it's the end of the world as we know it. So why not close out 2020 with a bunch of episodes of Holiday Recap with us? So we hope Mm -hmm. everyone grabs a cup of eggnog. And a fistful of candy. Cook that bird and Doritos. The oven. We don't care what you're into. Just join us. Grab your bed wine. Grab your couch cocoa. We're getting lit on the holiday movies. We'll be doing 10 recap episodes. So subscribe to A Very Merry Iconic Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And find us on social media at A Very Merry Iconic Podcast on Instagram. And we'll have all the updates there. A-Cash, 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 Six of the members died of hypothermia and three of fatal injuries. No indication of other people nearby well, that, apart that's from the nine travelers. That is that six of the people died of hypothermia, three of fatal of fatal injuries, according to the official yes. Russian inquest. Everything is uh, according to that. The tent had been ripped or cut open from within. Victims died six to eight hours after the last meal. They know that because of stomach contents. Traces from the camp showed that all group members left the campsite on their own accord on foot, meaning no one was dragged out or anything like that. (laughs) To dispel the theory of an attack by the indigenous Manzi people, the Dr. Boris dude stated that the fatal injuries on the bodies could not have been caused by another human being. The force of the blows had been too strong and no soft tissue had been damaged. That's that whole maybe it was an explosion thing. Forensic radiation tests. Here's where it gets real fucking weird. Forensic radiation tests showed high doses of radioactive contamination on the clothes of a few of the victims. Not all of them, 
but a few of them were radioactive. And release documents contain no information about the condition of the skier's internal organs, which actually was weird because that would be one of the things that they would have attested to. And there were no survivors of the incident other than golden boy Yuri Yudin, who who left a day early because he got a little crampy cramp. Hey, sciatic is a real deal. <laughs> so, boom, this shit is all over the papers. It's 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 a it's a popular story in 1959. And at the time, the verdict was the group members all died because of a compelling natural force. <laughs> like who killed them? God. <laughs> like oh okay well it, compelling natural force could literally mean anything oh yeah that's exactly what what it you know meant. what else a compelling natural force is gravity you know, right so the inquest officially ceased well actually actually that's not true if we're on a flat earth that's a well remembered so the inquest officially ceased in may of 1959 a result of the absence of a guilty party meaning we have no idea what fucking happened here's the bodies Files were sent to secret archive and the photocopies of the case became available only in the 1990s. Although some parts were missing, meaning they covered this up as well as they could, even though redacted, if you will. Yeah. Even though it was such a popular story. So before we move on to other parts of the investigation, I want to talk about the basics that we, that we just discussed. Every piece of research, every documentary or, or, or other thing I've read about the Dietloff Pass incident just agrees with so much of this because, and, and understandably so, it's it's the only information we have. But we've got one guy, Doctor Boris, saying they had these injuries yet no external wounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I beat you with a baseball bat in your stomach till you die, you won't necessarily be bleeding. Right. But you'll have bruising and things like that, which which was missing, I guess, from, from. But how was bruising missing? Because if you died virtually instantaneously and you, were then your frozen. Your body doesn't have enough time to pool. Whereas when you're striking you, it does. Um, now, I understand. But even if you're frozen, you're going to get like, um, what's that called when you lay and your blood pools? Um Shit, I can't think of what it's called. But I, I know what you're talking about because, like, people that have been found dead for a while, they know they removed like, or they know their their back will be look look like it's bruised just yeah. because the blood from their body pulls at the bottom, mm-hmm. right? But if it's negative twenty degrees out, won't that freeze pretty quickly since you don't have a heart pumping hot blood I, anymore? I, I mean, maybe, but you know, bodies are left outside all the time. I I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like we're taking a a lot of leaps into well, th- it couldn't have been anything normal because of what Doctor Boris said. Well, but this is kind of everyone I read now. Of course, you know, you're reading online, seem to think that no matter what, if I hit you. I can't hit you hard enough to do the damage that they're saying. They're saying that it was an external force other than human to be able to cause the damage, like being struck by a car or a tank or, you know, something like that. So no matter what, even if there was external injuries, it wasn't done by hand to hand combat, you know, so let's take it. Let's take it as that. Okay, fair enough. Now, to go along with that, to go on the side of this is weird. One other thing that we haven't mentioned yet. When they had the funerals, the families obviously saw the bodies. Mm-hmm. And almost to a person, they said that the bodies were unusually orange slash tan. Yeah, so there's there's a few controversies regarding this whole investigation. And and that thing comes in from there's this guy, twelve year old <laughs> here here we go with another Yuri. Twelve year old Yuri Kuncevich 
who became Kuntsevich. Uh, Kuntsevich, who would later become head of the Dyatlov Foundation, let's call it because it's got a really long name, <laughs> attended five of the hikers' funerals, and he was one of the first people that was like, what the fuck's going on? Why are they tanned? Like they are. Mama don't like tattletales. <laughs> they are a deep brown color. Another group of hikers, about 50 kilometers south of the incident, reported that they saw strange orange spheres in the night sky to the north on the night of the incident. Similar spheres were observed in adjacent areas continually during the period from February to March 1959 by various independent witnesses, including the meteorological service and the military. And then some people reported that they had seen a great deal of scrap metal in and around the area, leading to the speculation that the military had utilized the area secretively. This um, whole fucking thing. All these are, who knows, we're taking the word of a 12-year-old. But, you know, he is, he's gone hey, on to. Hey, you know, the, la- the last 12-year-old I took the word of? I see dead people. <laughs> and we see how he turned out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Haley Joel Osmond now? <laughs> so what could cause this, John? Like, it, it is a crazy story. It's all over the place. So there are a few things. Why don't you give us a rundown and we can talk about. Uh, let's, let's talk about. What could it. Wh- who could it be? Oh. Who can it be? Yeah, or what could or it be? Or what now? could it be? All right, well, yeah. uh men get to work. <laughs> <laughs> man, I feel like you've said that a lot. Get to work, man. All right, so the first thing it could be was an avalanche. They're covered in snow. Uh, yep. Uh, you know, the first the 12 feet, especially the ones in the ravine. Right. The, the fir- it's the first few are kind of easily explainable. Mm-hmm. Not explainable as to why they dashed off into the wilderness, but let's, let's get past that for a second. But uh, they're the cause of death. Or maybe they like, heard the cold. avalanche. They're, they're like, oh, shit, we got to go. Right, right. And then it missed them, but hit the others. And then almost, I don't know, like you see those avalanches on TV and stuff. I wonder if that could hit you with the force of a car. You know, I don't know. Uh, definitively. And w- there's no sharp points to, uh, unless there's a huge piece of ice stuck in there. It's yeah. just a, the huge force of multiple tons of snow yeah. hitting you at the same time. So then we've got infrasound. This is What does that mean? It's interesting to me. So infrasound is where sound comes through and can cause, infrasound can cause avalanches. Infrasound can cause insanity and uh, visions in people so it is like when, what is infrasound it's like when like wind comes through and it blows through an area and it hits like a frequency that just scrambles your fucking brain it's like you ever see those those videos of those bridges that start fucking dancing because yeah yeah yeah. The, there's this, that there's that one famous one yeah, from what the, the 30s sound hits a fucking frequency and it just scrambles shit and there's been other cases where people were hiking and shit and infrasound they went crazy, thought they were being attacked, cut themselves out of a tent and took off. Like it can literally make you. So it is a very compelling as to why they're in a tent and all of a sudden go, Oh fuck, we got to get out of here. I've never even heard of that. So you're saying it's that, a scientifically, oh, I, like, I believe you. Yeah. So you're saying that the basic frequent, the, the frequency uh, of sound that is created by the wind can going cause, through, going through the various, uh, the, it can be caused the, by the, all the geography, yeah. the geography that you are in basically causes you to go fucking nuts. Yes. Exactly. And it causes hallucinations, panic attacks, things like that. I'm Brian Fellows. <laughs> like that. <laughs> exactly. That is very, very 
plausible. Okay. And it's, it's one of those things where it kind of checks a lot of the boxes as to why the fuck would someone in the middle of the winter go, I gotta get the fuck out of here. So it, it, it comes, it, you know, like I said, it, right, so, it's compelling. So the next one, military tests, uh, it's the cold war and we know that mother Russia, oh, that was awful. <laughs> we know that mother Russia was interested in various types of weapons and they tested some of those weapons on their own people. Hey, we got nine people here. Let's see what this does. <laughs> push the push the button, Yergi. Hey, mix this with this and then go throw it on those people yeah, and see what happens. Yeah. Um, psychological warfare, chemical warfare, you know, all of that. Scrap metal, glowing spheres, things like that. Half the bodies are irradiated. All it, This one checks a lot of the boxes, too. Right. So n- this isn't necessarily a theory on specifically it was this chemical, but less specifically, it was the military testing something that caused these people to act in a very irrational way that led to their demise. Yeah. Paradoxical undressing. This one's kind of fucking crazy. You get so cold, like you have hypothermia sits in that you actually start to feel warm to the point where you take your clothes off. And this is actually something that happens to a lot of people that die of exposure. They are, your body's dying and it tricks your nerve endings and you go, fuck, I'm, I'm burning up and you're fucking freezing. And you start taking your clothes off and then they're like, I got to get out of this fucking tent. And, and I don't, I don't really think it, it, it's not as fun. It doesn't check as all the boxes to me, but it is a real thing that happens and it, it could explain a lot of it, but and I don't it, think they also all suffer it at the exact same time. It might not explain why they ran from the campsite, but it could explain why some of the other members were undressed. Yeah. yeah. It, it, in case we're wrong and it wasn't World of Warcraft, people taking clothing <laughs> off of yeah. others. Which they know some of them did because he found the clothing. Right. You know, but yes. But some like, of them being being barefoot and some of them lacking clothing could be, oh, I got to get this clothing off of me. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm because they were too cold and, and they didn't realize the difference. Yep. So the next is uh, one of our favorites, a cryptozoological explanation. The fucking Yeti. You know what? Yeah. Gets, you know what gets me out of a fucking tent and I cut and I run no matter what I'm doing. A gosh darn Yeti outside. I run balls flopping in the breeze. Then you know what else probably you, you, you could say, hit me. You say that like you've done it before. Three times. Three times. Um, there was no Yetis in. I was at the the local and, and we and, and to be <laughs> to be to be perfectly um tolerant i don't want to i don't want to misspeak of of, uh, of the yeti we, we well no we, we are in russia so we will refer to them as yetis as a as opposed to if we were in say northern north america uh like canada el nasty it, it would be or, the yeah, abominable or, snowman or, or or just bigfoot yeah. I just think also too, if you think about this, like a human can't cause those fractures. But what if a Yeti fucking gives you the old fucking, a Yeti gives you all the Ric Flair chop across the fucking chest. He might break some shit. No, the biggest problem, the argument for the Yeti is also an argument against what we were talking about earlier. And that is something external, uh, yeah. with a, a specific force and also caused, caused the damage. Uh, so if a Yeti punches you in the stomach and, Assuming a Yeti exists. That's my new you, you, Yeti punch. Have <laughs> <laughs> you looking? Um, uh, 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 yes, you you would likely die, assuming they are as powerful as they're reported to be. However, it would leave a bruise kind of like a fall would. What one and, would think unless they use so, their magical Yeti So if powers. we're making the argument, 
<laughs> magical Yeti powers. If we're making the yeah. argument that there was no external force that it forced these things to happen. That doesn't fit. It yeah. doesn't fit. Missile. Missile. Bomb. I, I, I can get behind this for a couple of reasons. If something flew over or maybe multiple missiles, you hear an explosion, you might cut and run. Exactly. And we mentioned that they, they say that there was a lot of shrapnel. Then there's shrapnel. And then you could have had another one that killed those others. It one's too close. The heat burns your face. Fucking does all that shit. Then two other things happen. Concussion breaks your ribs. Shit like that. And let's say it was a small tactical. Right. The the, cut the time. The concussive force. The concussive force and the radiation. Yeah. Ticks a lot of the radiation. Uh, next is a, uh, a lot more docile explanation, but but somewhat interesting. They're all in this tented area now, and we know from their um, we know from the journal that they certainly had an inside the tent a stove to keep everything warm, uh, you know, and kept keep it stoked, and, and uh, they would keep it stoked at night and all of that. In fact, in the jur- in one of the journal entries, there they were trying to decide who was going to have to sleep closest to the stove. These people are so fucking badass that they don't want to sleep close to the heat source. <laughs> like, what is wrong with them? I want to sleep close to the stove, but probably because when you get up the next day, then it's more brutal on you. Maybe, yeah, maybe. You know? But but so they they point at one guy. Go. They pointed at one guy. Like, yep, you got to sit close to the stove. But anyway, the the basic theory goes they had a stove inside the tent. Of course, you can't sleep with that going. So they put it out and they cap it. Well, if you cap it and the coals aren't out. It's going to start to put smoke into the tent and everyone's sleeping. And so the smoke is to toxic levels. People wake up and they, they're suffering from smoke inhalation. I would have thought, though, in my mind, you just die. You know what I mean? Like you get carbon monoxide or whatever it is, poisoning, and you just kind of – it's one of those things where you just drift off to Netherland and don't wake up and run well, away. But there's plenty of examples of people just in like apartment buildings and stuff that, are, that suffer from crazy. smoke inhalation but don't die yeah so they, they're suffering from smoke inhalation certainly not enough time to unbutton your fly slash the buttons yeah. so they cut open the tent and they run out uh there are smoke inhalation can cause um con- confusedness in your brain oh yeah it's certainly not enough time to grab your shit i don't know what's going on let's eat sally's tongue <laughs> well that <laughs> happened later though obviously uh, so but no think about it you, so they're all in this tent there's extra smoke Holy shit, somebody wakes up. We got to get out of here or we're going to die. You cut it open. Yell, hey, everybody, we got to get the fuck out. And everybody runs out yep. and they start to they they run. They don't even know where they're running. They run away from the tent. And then uh, I wouldn't say hilarity ensues, <laughs> but. but. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, C-Butt. <laughs> <laughs> one of them, one of them's wearing a, a fucking, you know, lingerie. One's one's in his underwear, but he still somehow has the bobby hat. <laughs> and yet, there's still another one in a monkey suit. Why does that keep happening? <laughs> and he's shaking a banana at him. They, all right, they didn't right, have bananas right. in the urals. So we've gone over all this shit. Let's do it. Opinion, John. What do you think really, in your expert, expert opinion, what do you think actually happened or is the most logical or believable? Hit me with it. I have two opinions. One's probably the most logical. The other one just seems the most plausible to me. And for the first time in a while, it's a conspiracy theory. Uh Yeah. So the most logical is is the last one we went over, and that's the the smoke slash uh, fire problem. Okay. 
something. Uh, I'm I'm going to go ahead and go with it being the stove overheating slash continuing to put smoke into the into the tent. Things go bad. They need to run out. They they're already disoriented from smoke inhalation. They, you know, two people die pretty quickly. They take their clothes. They don't, they can't, they can't even find their way back to the, to the tent. So they get over to that tree. One person climbs the tree trying to figure out, okay, where the fuck are we? Like, do we run uphill or downhill? I don't even know. Cause we were running. Mm-hmm. They can't figure it out. Eventually a couple of people say, I'm going to set off this way. There's disagreement. The other four set off towards the other rav- way, the ravine. Ra- and uh, they eventually – those four fall you – know, we already know the rest died of hypothermia. Those four fall and die. And Dr. Boris was just a little off in his diagnosis of how they died. Yeah, there's internal injuries. Well, but there wasn't any bruising. Well, it, you know, you're talking about crazy frozen conditions. Maybe bodies don't bruise exactly as, as Dr. Boris would have expected with his – with his doc, you know, doctorate from the the University of Stalin, you know? <laughs> like maybe he was just a little off because we're we're basing everything on what Doctor Boris said. Um, and then you know, well, how do you explain the radioactivity? There is argument that the radioactivity thing was added later in this story; that it was not an original part of this story. There's evidence of that. There's also, uh, well, okay, how do you explain the woman with the missing tongue? I understand that we call, another reason they call this Dead Mountain is there weren't a ton of animals around. But they existed. It's not like animals don't go scavenging for food. If there's a dead body sitting there and we're getting close to, because they didn't, they did not discover the dead bodies in the ravine until May. Yeah. Things have melted. Tell me a coyote or some sort of other scavenger animal didn't come through and and eat that tongue and eat part of the eyelid and the rest of that stuff. That seems to me to be the most uh, logical. Now, on to my conspiracy theory. My conspiracy theory isn't aliens. Um, You know, just the fact that somebody somewhere reported there were orange globes around that same time. I'm pretty sure you could go anywhere in modern you know, since the 1950s or so well and, uh, in the, and a lot of people see orange globes before avalanches and uh, earthquakes and shit like that because it's like electrical discharge from the earth sure so those can actually be explained away by natural phenomena exactly in some cases exactly i so i don't believe in aliens but what i do think from a from a more conspiracy you theory, don't believe in aliens for in this for, case for this particular case okay i do think that russia was fucked fucked up and they did a lot of crazy shit to their own people for the Cold War. And they, we, we, we know that they tested various gases on some of their own people in certain areas. This could have been some sort of Cold War test, whether it had been. Might have been a Cold War test. They didn't even know the fucking people were there. Oops. Oops. Right. Yeah. Let, let's just go. Let's just go launch this random weapon in this area and see what happens. So the weapon causes the radiation we're talking about the weapon causes the weird percussive injuries we're talking about it does all of this other crazy shit that is somewhat unexplained mm-hmm. i what that weapon was I, I i don't know that it was a missile because i think there would have been a lot more evidence of an explosion mm-hmm. but uh some sort of weird ray some sort of weird thing that they were working on those okay. th- those are my two theories i i can't come down to one but i mean if you're forcing me to to pick between the two, I'd obviously probably go with number one. 
So I'm, I'm with you. I, I've got two also. Um, I'll just get the, my second one out of the way. I, military, I agree with you 100%. Sadly, it's at the time when everything was being experimented and doing this and that and the other. And the U.S. was doing shit like that. Like we were. And U.S. and Russia had just done a power grab on all these Nazi scientists who were used to experimenting on people. And I think we both we as in those two nations, uh, sadly, probably uh, continue to do that. And the no- difference is we didn't experiment our own people, just on foreign nationals. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> the other thing. Another in, episode for another day. So you, you got behind the stove thing. I really, after researching it, really got into that infrasound because it's a phenomenon that happens more than I ever realized. And it kind of ticked now – like you said, maybe the ravine people fell. That's how they got crushed. I really believe that she was probably eaten by some sort of animal or, or a turtle or something, you know, something smaller that's going for soft tissue. Um, probably not a coyote or something because it would probably would have, have, have done more damage. Something small. That's fair. That's fair. But, um, infrasound would be why they would scatter like that and, and, and freak out. There's all. Any of this can be that way, though. Avalanche, military, any of this, you know, a fucking Yeti would have caused the exact same shit. So really, I'm just picking the one that I think, you know, sounds interesting. And Infrasound, to me, at least explained why they fucking ran out in a hurry, were disoriented, couldn't find their way back. Um, I didn't know that much about Infrasound, and it's it's fascinating. So those are my opinions. Could it have been reptilians? Um, well, some people think... Some people think that the Yeti is an alien all and of its own, or maybe was created by the reptilians. So, yes, is the answer to that. A conspiracy about your thoughts. These Russians sound like my kind of people, that's all I'll say. And I mean military, not these dead meat sacks. Yeah. (laughs) Is it because they're drinking vodka, or because they test a lot of armament on their own people? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hey, moving on. Brent, like I said, uh, like I said yeah, reprogramming. This, this is the week. This yeah, is the week coming yeah. up. All right. So those are our thoughts. What are yours? You need to contact us and let us know that. You need to. Like you have to you right now. To. Your mom wants you to. Your grandma wants you to. And Conspiracy Bot wants you to. Or he's going to send some infrasound your way. <laughs> and you're going to run naked outside of your own home. Now, now, if you live in Florida, it'll just be considered normal. And you certainly won't freeze to death. <laughs> this is one of those stories where, where did it happen? Either uh, Mother Russia or Florida. <laughs> like it could have been either. Here's what Florida man did. <laughs> but let us know what you think. All of our social media is found at Hysteria51.com. We want to remind you to join in the discussion on Facebook, though. Our new Facebook discussion page, Hysteria Nation. What a what a great name, John. I really like it. I agree. All you have to do is go to that little search bar and type in Hysteria Nation. You get on there and talk. We're always posting stuff. We post anything you want that you want us to talk about on there. We've got opinions. I'd love to get a little more interaction on there. So and let's I, have some fun. And I can't wait to make fun of you for it. Exactly. Uh, Brent, we have some social shout outs to get out of the way. Yeah, so a couple things. A few weeks ago, we played our first voicemail that sounded like it was on a potato, if you remember. And we made fun of the people, and they called back and left us a clean and clear message. Conspiracy back, can we get a little taste of that? Stare 51, what's up, guys? Uh, I'm Will. I'm here with my brother, Heath. What's up, guys? Uh, and our friends, Dan and Cobb. What's up, everybody? This is Cobb. All right, well, we're calling to say... 
we were the mystery callers that you guys played in the Dahmer episode. Uh, we don't know what went wrong. We've never had problems with the phone before. So hopefully it turns out better. We're on a different phone this time. Basically, what we said was we're all big fans of the podcast. We watch it. Uh, and uh, it's really good, entertaining, funny, that's really funny. funny. And you guys are really natural in front of the microphone, so that's good. And basically, you guys inspired us to start our own podcast. Huge, huge thank you to Heath and Will and all your buddies. I hope you guys keep listening. Let us know what you love. Let us know what you hate. Keep the voicemails coming in. And also, thank you. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And thank you to a number of listeners who suggested this is our first uh, fan suggested uh, topic. Yeah. Like um, we had, we, we were, failed to mention this earlier, but this, this is episode one of season two is the first fan suggested topic. It was which not we on our list. Flooded in with people asking us to do this. It was kind of crazy. It was odd out of the first 10 fan suggested. I think at least like, eight. Yeah. I was going to say six or eight of them was, was diet love pass. So yeah. Other noteworthy geek yogurt podcast travel oddities podcast two podcasts that john and i have become huge fans of and they also are friends of ours thank you guys very much for everything you do i know that you 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 have talked about us on your show and everything and we are huge fans check them out so geek yogurt obviously covers uh some weird and unusual stuff here and there like we and, do and but they also but and, they also cover just like the basics on on cool movies yep. and comic books and travel oddities tells you about a place you can travel to that has odd like things like, like weird shit going on stonehenge and things right. like that um different mounds anything you think of that's got a, a weird uh, paranormal or anything vibe to it they tell you about how you could travel there and experience it it's its own little entity it's a lot of fun and basically if you're trying to plan your spring break right now yeah just go listen to travel oddities there you go so as John said, you can find us at hysteria51.com if you can't remember the, that we have our own page, Hysteria Nation, Facebook.com slash Hysteria51. You can find us at Hysteria51pod. Leave us a voicemail like the guys did, 773-669-7277. Again, 773-669-7277. And we got one more shout out. Huge thanks to Corey Har, our newest Patreon supporter. So you can find us at patreon.com slash hysteria 51. You can get cool swag. I'd like to offer that Corey Har is a patriot. He is. He's, he's a, he's a hysteria patriot. He's, I, not, he's, uh, he's I the, one of the, one of the new, uh, citizens of hysteria nation. Uh, when I say he's a patriot, I mean less that Aaron Hernandez. Uh, we're, let, let's look at the Patriots' tight ends. Less Aaron Hernandez, more Rob Gronkowski. Okay, I'm with you. Okay, he's, um, he's a Gronk. He's a Gronk. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll just call all of our fans Gronks from now on. <laughs> Last week, I told you that this upcoming episode, being the episode that you're listening to right now, is going to be episode one of season two, and it is. And I promised, along with that, a brand new intro. Unfortunately, British guys are fucking lazy. British announcer guy <laughs> absconded with our new intro, but we promise to have it next week. And, I, and by, by promise, we mean really, 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 really are going to try and hope to have it. <laughs> and for the record, it might not even be all that good. Yeah, we'll see. But we'll find out. Hey, it's worth the price uh, of admission. And, and, and also, worth pointing out, we were letting Conspiracy Bot take care of all of this. Conspiracy Bot, why didn't you hook up with British announcer guy to get this done? I can't understand a fucking word he says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, did, did when, you not put the British translation chip no, into him? No. We need to give him like a Star Trek Universal Translator. <laughs> that sounds good. So this has been our thoughts on Diet Love's Pass. Diet Love. Diet Love. Love it. Hate us. Let us know. I've been Brent. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. Thanks for listening to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. We'll be back again next week with more known unknowns. If you'd like us to discuss a particular topic, suggest a guest, or simply seek some truth, we'd love to hear from you. You can email the show at hysteria51podcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Twitter at hysteria51pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.